our lives are in your hands. The most important relationship we have in our lives is a relationship we have with you. And so often the world's pulling at us, it's tugging at us, and we get distracted. We chase after things that aren't that important. Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of who you are. Help us to grow in this most important relationship that you offer us to grow in, the one we have with you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Please be seated. We're in a series called God Connects. And the series is um, based on um, 12 videos that come from the Lutheran Hour Ministry, which are very, very well done. And you can access these videos for free. Just go to, I'm just putting, in my Google, just put God Connects, the first thing comes up. If you put God Connects, Lutheran Hour Ministry, the videos come up, and they're a great resource for you to look at, but also for you to share with other people. Now, the reason I am a member of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and I believe that God works in all different Christian denominations, but I, for me, the most important thing is which denomination most closely follows the Bible. And, and that's why I'm part of this denomination. It's very based on scriptural principles. And in this series, we're going through the foundations of what we believe. It's almost like a mini confirmation course to remind us of what our foundations are and how to build upon them. And this last um, couple days, you know, I just got back from vacation, and, but the last couple of days of my vacation, I went to California. And I have a friend there that has you know, two granddaughters and a daughter-in-law that have never been confirmed. They've never been gone through official training in our, our Christian faith. And, and so I first, before I even arrived, I had them go through the videos. And so when I arrived, I spent time just going over what they'd already learned. And I can honestly say that they gained a lot from the videos. It made my job a lot easier. And this can be an excellent tool for you to use with neighbors, friends, maybe grandchildren, um, your own children. Just, it's a great tool to help people to grow in their foundational faith in, the, in, in Jesus Christ and the Bible. And today the focus is on who is Jesus. That's a pretty big topic. That's the one for today. So please watch the screen um, for about a five-minute video that kind of lays out, um, you know, from the God Connect series, what the Lutheran Hour speaker, um, Greg Stelz, is going to be sharing. So please watch the screen. Historian Kenneth Scott Lauderay once said, as the centuries pass, the evidence is accumulating that measured by his effect on history, Jesus is the most influential life ever lived on this planet. You know, on its own merit, that statement is true, but but it hardly goes far enough to explain the identity of Jesus Christ or his importance to our world. To fully appreciate Jesus, we must go back to the beginning of time. The Bible gives a description of Jesus that shows he is both God's message and his messenger. He calls Jesus the Word. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Jesus was from the beginning before creation shows that he is God. And if there was any doubt, to make it even clearer, John simply says that the Word was God. The church has called Jesus the second person of the Trinity. He's God, in the same way as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But incredibly, a few verses later, John makes a startling statement. He says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, Jesus took on flesh, that is, he became a man. So how does true God become true man? 
as the angel Gabriel said to Mary when he told her that she would miraculously conceive and give birth to a son, he said, with God, all things are possible. By the power of the Holy Spirit, without ever having relations with a man, she had a son whom she named Jesus. So you see, when Jesus was born, he, he entered into the world fully human, yet fully God. Now, the Bible provides confirmation by describing Jesus this way. For in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. So did God have a purpose for all of this? Of course he did. Jesus became a man so that he could stand in our place to take our punishment for our sin. And since he was God, his sacrifice was sufficient to take the punishment for the entire world. You know, the way that Jesus stood in our place to take our punishment for our sin can be illustrated by the novel A Tale of Two Cities. Charles Dickens tells the story of Sidney Carton, a man who competes for the love of Lucy Manet. Lucy, however, chooses to marry Charles Darnay, a rival suitor who could pass as Carton's twin. As the story develops, Darnay is arrested and sentenced to die. But in a surprising turn of events, Carton visits his rival in prison, drugs him, and has him carried out while he stays to be executed. The reason? Carton willingly laid down his life so Lucy and Charles could live happily ever after. Well, Jesus laid down his life on the cross so that we could live happily ever after. Every man, woman, and child has been given a remarkable gift by the only man who could stand in our place. All of us have sinned, the Bible says, and have a need for a Savior, someone to take our place even though we don't deserve it. Jesus is that person. The church reformer Martin Luther referred to this as the glorious exchange. By rights, Jesus earned heaven while we deserved condemnation, but out of his love for us, Jesus takes our place as the sinner, receiving what we deserved. Conversely, we take Jesus' place, standing blameless before God. The Bible sums it up this way. For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, if Jesus is the most historically significant person to have ever lived, it shouldn't surprise us that his death would also be one of the most famous of all time. Arrested, tried, and convicted in the middle of the night, beaten, flogged, and pierced with a crown of thorns before being condemned, once sentenced, Jesus was nailed to a cross and crucified. Now, modern cinematography has attempted to simulate what the ordeal must have been like, but but as gruesome and as factual as those images are, they can never fully demonstrate the great love Christ showed to all mankind in his sacrifice. But you know, the story doesn't end with the death of Christ. We fast forward to Easter Sunday and the discovery made by the women who had gone to complete the preparation of Jesus' body for burial. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. And the angels appeared to confirm what these women were seeing. He's not here, they said. He's risen. Christ was dead, and now he's alive. Since death is caused by sin, Christ rising from the dead is the ultimate proof that Jesus defeated sin. You see, personally, you can know that Jesus died for you. He rose from the dead for you and me, and, and because of his sacrifice, we have received the gift of eternal life. 
So now we can look forward to the day when we too will be raised from the dead and be taken to heaven to be with our God, where we can live happily forever after. In the very last um, verse of the Gospels, which is in John chapter 21, verse 25, it says this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So when I look at that verse and I look at this topic of who is Jesus, what I realize, I could stand up here and talk forever, but I don't have that much time. And so I got to figure out, you know, how do I take this vast topic and, and condense it? And I, I feel that Pastor Seltz did a very good job of that in the video. And as I thought about what would I share with you about who Jesus is, and there were three things that, that really came to mind for me. And the first one is that Jesus is the great prophet. He's a prophet. In the Old Testament, they had various prophets. In fact, even in Deuteronomy, it says a prophet who would come who would be greater than Moses. And that prophet is, is Jesus. And a prophet is somebody who shares the word of God. And Jesus is the one who's he shared the word of God with us. In fact, he is God. And that's what makes it interesting. Not only is he the prophet, the speaker, the messenger, but he is also the word. And we saw that in our gospel lesson for today, in, today in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And in verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That in Jesus is the embodiment of the word of God. And since the most important relationship in our life is our relationship with Jesus, that's why it's so important for us to, to grow in God's word. Because as we grow in God's word, we're growing in who? In Jesus, in our relationship with him. He's our prophet. He's a messenger and he is also the message. He's also our priest. And a priest is somebody who comes between God and people. We're human and God is God. And there's this big gap between God and us. It's called sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death. We've all sinned in our thoughts, our, you know, our words, our actions, and by the things we don't do that we should do. Every one of us has sinned, and because of our sin, we are separated from God. We have no hope of saving ourselves. But Jesus is not only the priest who comes to make the sacrifice, he is also the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the priests would offer sacrifices of animals or grain or different things um, in place of the sins of the people. In anticipation that one day the Messiah would come who would take away the sins of everybody who believed. And, and Jesus is that fulfillment. He is the Lamb of God who came into this world, who offered his life on that cross to pay the penalty for our sin. He paid the wage for us that by believing in Jesus through his death and resurrection, our sins are taken away and the way to heaven is open. And the gap between us and God has been bridged by Jesus himself. 
This is so important. Eternity is open to us, not because of what we've done, because of what Jesus has done for us. I, I realize there's thousands of religions in the world. I believe there's only two. There's religion that says, okay, we're going to try to earn our way to heaven. We're going to try to please the God or the gods that we're serving, so to speak. And, and so it's all about doing. There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Christianity is different than all world religions. We are people who believe we've sinned. We've fallen short. But we believe that God has come to us to rescue us in Jesus Christ. That through his life, his death, his resurrection, by believing in him, the way to heaven is open. And it's so important for us to believe that. Because if we believe that, we know our future is going to be incredible. He's our prophet. He's our priest. He's also our king. He reigns over us. He has control over the universe. Whether we people believe or not, he still reigns. People cannot knock him out of his throne. I mean, a lot of people want to be in control. They want to do things their own way, but in the end, Jesus reigns. Do you want to have a great life? The key is to surrender to the king. The key is to do things his way. Not just to know the word of God, not just to believe the word of God, but strive to live it out. Because the more that we follow God's word, the more our lives are going to make more sense, going to have more meaning, going to have more purpose. And what's amazing about our great king, he's not a dictator king. He's the ultimate servant. There's never been a greater servant that's walked on this planet than Jesus himself. You follow his life, in the Gospels. And you see how he served. He did not come to be served, but to serve and ultimately give his life as a ransom. He shows us what it means to be a servant leader, an example for all of us. Our king and the ultimate servant. You know, I heard a um, sermon a number of years ago, and those of you that have been around for more than six years, you've heard this sermon too, but you're going to hear it again. It's a four-minute sermon that's going to cover a lot of ground. In fact, it covers so much ground that I put a manuscript of the sermon in your bulletin so you can take it with you, read through it, think about what these words are. The um, preacher is a guy by the name of Dr. S.M. Lockridge. And the sermon title is My King, and so I want you to fasten your seatbelts and lock and load and, and hear in four minutes more than I can tell you about Jesus probably in 20 minutes or more. So please um, watch the screen. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. 
He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's my king. Amen. A lot of information there, huh? That's quite a sermon in four minutes or less. You know, I want to finish um, kind of where I started. You know, I was in um, San Diego in the last part of my vacation, and I was, um, went there for a friend of mine that just, you know, he's talking about his, his granddaughters and his daughter-in-law that never went through confirmation. And, and I'm thinking there's probably some things that, other things that I could have done for a vacation, but I felt called by God to go there. And for two days, you know, I sat with um, these three amazing ladies. And as I'm teaching them, I really felt God's love for them. And it was just an amazing two days. And at the end of the time, I had them write um, a faith statement about what they learned, what they believed. And, and what was incredible is, is when, it, when they read what they wrote, I, I, it's actually I broke into tears to see how much God had instilled in them in a short period of time, how faith was so important to them, how their lives were being changed, and how their new best friend is Jesus. And as I thought about that, and I thought about, you know, what is the most important thing for, you know, if there's anything that I ever shared with you that's the most important thing for you to remember, what is it? What is it is this, that Jesus loves you 
so much. He is love. And he wants us to be with him forever. And this world so short. There's so many things that are pulling at us, so much distraction in this world that so often gets us off kilter. I think it's how Satan wants to work. And it's so important for us to, to keep our focus on Jesus, to know that you know, he is our prophet, to know him and to know his word and to grow in his word and, and to know that he loves us too, to believe, to believe that he died, that he rose, that he's with us right now and, and by believing we're saved, that the most important thing is for you to know that, that Jesus brings to you forgiveness, that our sins are gone because of what he has done, to follow him with our lives, to want to live for him, leading people to follow Jesus. That's what we're all about here. You see, the most important relationship we have is the one we have with Jesus. And my prayer, even in the midst of these summer months when there's, it's hot outside and there's all kinds of different things going on too that may distract us, let's refocus our lives on Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? That's the most important question we'll ever answer. And I pray that everyone else can say, he is my prophet. He's my priest. He's my king. And as he loves me, I love him. And I want this world to know about him. I want as many people to know about him before I see him face to face. My prayer is that's the direction that we are on. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, so often in this life we do get distracted. Lord, help us to focus in more on who you are. There's so much for us to learn. Even your word, it says the volumes of books would be more than could fill this whole earth because, not just because of what you did in the, your word, but because of what you do in the lives of each and every person on this planet. We thank you for what you do in, in each of our lives. Help us to be open to your direction. Help us to realize you truly are our prophet, not just the speaker, but you are the word. You are our priest, not just our priest, but you are the sacrifice. You are our king, and not just our king, but you show us what it means to be servants. Lord, help us to live for you stronger than we ever have before. We pray this in your name. Amen.